healer, he's a deliverer, he's a miracle worker, he's a promise keeper, he's a cycle breaker, he's our all in all, he deserves to be worshipped. Once again, we appreciate uh, Brother John Andes and Sister Sharon Andes. I certainly appreciate your hospitality, Brother Stifler, and as well as Sister Hannah. We are, I appreciate your hospitality. And every one of you, you are a, a sweet bunch. Absolutely. We certainly had a great time being in your midst. And uh, it is my pleasure to have met uh, Brother Samuel and as well as Sister Kim and Brother Paul. I certainly appreciate your ministry, my brother. You know, we live during a time where to find sound ministers, yeah. it is becoming such a rare thing. So whenever we find a sober, balanced uh, minister, we appreciate such. So thank you for the invitation and thank you for having me here. It's the last service, but we're going to have a great time. Amen. Revelation chapter 10, verse 1. As always say, this verse is the pinnacle of our ministry. This was the crowning of this ministry. You know, a lot of times, Brother Samuel, people see Revelation 10.7, but they don't see Revelation 10.1. You know, it's great to have received William Brenham as the prophet, but if you miss his objective, it's going to be very problematic. Revelation 10, verse 1, And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven clothed with a cloud and a rainbow was upon his head and his face was as it were the sun and his feet as pillars of fire and he had in his hand a little book open and he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot on the earth as we bow our heads our most gracious Heavenly Father, we appreciate you for your presence this morning. Dear God, we appreciate testimonies that have been spoken among us, dear God. It just simply shows that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh God, we can glorify your name. Oh, we need all eternity to speak about your goodness. Everyone in the building has got a testimony to tell about what you have done in their life. But above everything, we want to thank you for the ministry of the hour, the ministry of restoration, a prophetic ministry in the end time, and for us to be called to the bride of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the songs of Zion that have been sung unto you. Bless the local ministry. Bless the local office bearers. Bless this assembly. Whatever their objectives, dear God, help them to realize those objectives. Oh God, we pronounce a blessing upon the reading of the way as we commit everything to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. As you take your seats. We were tremendously blessed last night and we thought we should just carry on this morning. 
This morning I want to speak on abstract title deed. Uh, you know, if you claim to own a property but you do not have a title deed, you are going to have a problem should you come across the squatters. I believe this morning if you were to go home after the service and you get to your house and you find people in your house, maybe a party going on and you find strangers having a good time, I think the first thing that you are going to do, maybe you'll go and turn down the music and really say, can I get any your attention? What are you doing here? And you will say, leave my house. And if they refuse to leave your house, you are going to go to the police station to report to the matter that there are strangers or squatters in my house. And the police station, they will ask you, is it really your house? And you're going to produce what we call a title deed. Because a title deed, once you've got it, then it can be enforced and remove a squatter on your property. Now, the prophet of God in the message of the restoration of the bright tree, he says, what is it? Enforcing, give it back. See, that's it. That's what it's talking about. Restore it and bring it back to its right owner. Uh, are you still with me this morning? Now it says, if Satan has robbed you of the privilege of being a son or a daughter of God, we, we, we have the privilege, we have the right this morning by the Holy Spirit to enforce the claim of God and bring them back. Are you, are you hearing what the prophet is saying? He says, we have a right this morning to enforce and tell the devil that has robbed you of the privilege of being a son or a daughter of God and we've got a privilege, the right to say, bring it back. Even this morning, maybe if you are sick, we have a right to restore your body back to its original condition. God has granted us those rights, and we're going to get into some stuff. The prophet says, he, if he has afflicted you and made you sick, we have a right before God to enforce the laws of God. That's why when you are sick, we don't just step back and say it is what it is. No, we've got a right to enforce God's law. That's why when Brother John heard that most of you are sick, he stepped behind the holy desk because he's got the abstract title date. Then he enforced it and said, Satan, you need to give them back their health. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your battles are, but you have come to the right people this morning that can take the title deed and enforce it. Maybe the devil has stolen your joy. We are here to restore your joy. Maybe he stole your, your health. We are here to restore your health. Maybe he stole your salvation, but we are here to restore your salvation. Whatever you have lost, we can give it back to you in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, in our generation, we have seen something that has never been seen before. William Brenham is out in the woods. And he's got a desire in his heart. And uh, in no time, then a voice spoke within him and said, what do you want? And he stood up and said, I need the squirrels. The voice said, you will speak them into existence. Then William Branham stood there and said, let there be a squirrel. And there was a squirrel. And he spoke again and said, because he's a hunter, he said, now I wanted the squirrel on the sycamore tree. And it says, I said, let there be a squirrel on the sycamore tree. And there was a squirrel on the sycamore tree. There was no eyewitness there. 
There was no a cell phone there. There was no a video there. It was William Branham alone in the woods. Then he comes back and he speaks to the brothers in the house of Sister Hetirite and says, this is what happened out when I was there. I believe the same God that was with Abraham, he was with me today. And Brother Branham says, sometimes all it takes is just to say the right thing. And Sister Haiti was there. All she said it was say, Brother Branham, that's nothing but the truth. And when she said that, heaven invaded her house. And the prophet of God stood up and said, Sister Haiti, I am here to tell you, I will give you whatever you desire. And Sister Haiti wasn't quite sure and said, what can I ask for? And brother said, you can ask for a million dollars. It will be on your left. Here is your sister Edith. She's sick. You can ask for her healing. But praise be to God. Because once you come to the perfect faith zone, you will only ask the right things. If she had asked a million dollars, it would have been finished by now. If she had asked for the healing of Sister Edith, she would have died. Hallelujah. But she said, Brother Brenham, as a mother, my greatest desire is the salvation of my two boys. And William Brenham stood up and said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I give your two boys back. Hey, li li listen attentively here. He said, he doesn't say God gives you. He said, I give you, your two sons, to you. Amen. I don't say William Brenham was God, but the deity was in William Brenham. I hope we are together here. I will give an illustration here. I asked Brother Steve, give me water. Then he brought a bottle. I didn't refuse the bottle. I took the bottle because the water is in the bottle. I couldn't receive the water without the bottle. Are you still with me? In our time, we wanted the deity. And God gave us a prophet. But the prophet is not the deity. But the deity was in the prophet. And this morning, the deity is in the bride. This morning, the deity is ministering to you. This morning, the deity in you is saying amen to the word. Are you still with me? Yeah. Brother Brim says we've got the right of enforcement. It carries on. He says that's the enforcement. Restore it back to its natural condition again. You know, Brother John, we need to get to a point. In the church of God, it is not our duty to teach you how to deal with chronic illness. That's not our duty. Uh, that the doctors can do that. Our duty is to stop chronic Ill ailment. Yeah. Amen. I, I cannot say, this is how you deal with cancer. All I know is to cast out cancer out of your body. Yeah. Are you hearing me? Yeah. I hope you believe what I'm talking about here. The way God is still a healer. God can heal cancer. God can heal sugar diabetes. God can heal any condition. I'm the Lord that God that healeth thee of all, all, all thy diseases. It says that's the enforcement. Restore it back to its natural condition again. A man is sick. Baby is sick. Woman is sick. 
They are out of their natural condition. Then we have a right to enforce our claim. Not our claim. It's our claim because God gave it to us. By his stripes, we were. Look at that. Not we are. We were. It's a done deal. It's already granted. Actually, whatever you need, it's available already. Brother, let say, whatever you need on life's journey, it's already available and it's in you. Do you need joy? Joy is available. Do you need deliverance? Deliverance is available. Whatever you need, it's available. He was wounded for our transgression. With his stripes, we were healed. Now we have a right to enforce that law. And the Lord giver, the Holy Spirit himself, is here. Do you believe he's here? I believe the Holy Spirit is here. I believe God's agent is here. And we can report to God's agent and say there is a need. And God's agent must act upon that need. Folks, God still answers prayers. I don't care how long you have been praying, but God can answer your prayer this morning. You came to the house of the Lord and something in the supernatural realm can be unlocked. And after these meetings, you can walk away with a testimony. Amen. Are you here? Amen. It says the Lord giver, the Holy Spirit himself is here. The agent of God. To see that it's done that way. Do you remember there was a brother that had come to the meetings. And his car was stolen. And the brothers got together with Brother Brenham. And they spoke to God's agent. And God's agent knew exactly where the car was. This morning you may not know where your child is, but God's agent knows. You may not know what the things that you have lost are, but God's agent knows. Oh folks, we thank God for God's agent. And God's agent shall never be defeated. And you will never be defeated when you operate under God's agent. Am I addressing the invincible army this morning? People that Satan can never defeat. I say I'm one of the people that devil can never defeat. Not because I'm smart, but because the word is in the bride. And she's got thou, says the Lord. And she knows what to do with thou, says the Lord. Let's come to some algebra here. In the message adoption, paragraph 76, the prophet says now, this may shock you to death. And I hope it will not choke you. But did you know that men that are sons of God are amateur gods? Uh, that means this morning I'm addressing amateur gods. People that can create an atmosphere. People that can speak things into existence. Uh, am I addressing those people here? How many ever know to that? How many knows that Jesus said so? The Bible, Jesus said, did you not know your law say itself that ye are gods? Which God said in Genesis 2, they were gods. Because they were, they had a full domain over the dominion of the world. He gives him dominion over all things. And Adam, he lost his godship. He lost his sonship. He lost his domain, and Satan took over it. Are you still with me? 
But I'm glad that we live during a time of restoration. Amen. That whatever was lost then has been restored in our time. Amen. And today I'm addressing the people to whom God's sheep has been restored back to. Amen. I hope we are together. Now let us come to this title sheet and trace it through the scriptures. You know, Adam, whenever he did not like the river on this side, he just spoke the word and removed it from this side and moved it to the other side. If he didn't like the mountain on the west, he could move it by the power of the spoken word onto the east. He could control even the intensity of the sun. If Eve came to Adam and say it is too hot, Adam could speak into could speak and control the climate. I'm just demonstrating you that he was a man that was in control. But because of the fall, he lost that. And what made him to have that is because he had titled it. And the prophet says in the message, the bridge. He says, Now, oh my. Now the forfeited title deed is now in the hands of the original owner. Almighty God. The title deed to the earth and to eternal life. When Adam forfeited it, then Satan's dirty hands could not take it. So it went back to its original owner, God himself. But remember, God is not an Indian giver. He doesn't give you something today and take it tomorrow. He doesn't save you today and lose you tomorrow. If he saves you, he saves you eternally. If he gives you something, he gives it to you eternally. So this title deed does not belong to God. It belongs to the human race. But because of the fall, it returned back to the original owner, God himself. And the prophet says, we're going to find it just in a minute. There he sits on the throne with it in his hand. The title deed. And the prophet said, oh, that makes me feel religious. Because after he had lost the title deed, it went back to the original owner. And we see that title deed in Revelation chapter 5 with the one sitting on the throne. And he had a book. In that case, that book was closed. And it was sealed with the seven seals. Are you still with me? This is where you're going to see how we differ with the Pentecostal. To us, we thank God for Calvary. But Calvary, it was where God purchased us. But we still needed Mount Sunset. Yes, we thank God for Mount Calvary, but we still needed Mount Sunset. We still needed to be claimed back. Are you still with me? That's why now the book was there. Brother Brown said, if that book could have not been taken, the whole human race and the every creation would have turned back to atoms and molecules. That means Calvary would have come to nothing. Are you still with me? But uh, now John, when he looks, hallelujah, he sees the one sitting on the throne. And he had a book that was sealed with the seven seals. And no one was worthy to take the bow. And when John looked, John cried. And as he was weeping, and Brother Bram said there was a tap on the shoulder. And Brother Bram said it was from an elder. And Brother Bram said an elder is a redeemed human being. And the elder tapped on the shoulder of John and said, Weep not, John. There is a lion of the tribe of Judah. He's not going to prevail, but he has already prevailed. I'm here to announce the lion of the tribe of Judah has already prevailed. I say, Victory has already been attained. 
Are you still with me? This is a time for celebration. And say he's worthy. I say he's worthy. He's worthy. No wonder you say, I made you more than conquerors. And Brother Brenham now, in your, in your seven church age book, he says when the elder tapped him on the shoulder and John turned around, he saw the bloody lamb. But the elder said, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judas prevailed. But when John turns around, he sees the lamb. Now what was happening? The lamp ministry is the same person. The lion ministry is the same person. But it was the sequence of time. The lamp is the same one that became the lion. The same one that was the lion is the one that was sitting on the throne. But it was happening in sequence of time. It's not three person. It's the same person doing different things under different ministry and under different anointing. And the lamb came and took the book and broke the seals. And he took the book from the one sitting on the throne. And William Branham in your cell, he said he took the book out of himself. Now after he took the book, oh, this makes me feel religious. Hallelujah. You know, in heaven, there were angels that were saying, holy, holy unto the Lord. The cherubims and the seraphims. But when the seventh seal was opened, there was silence in heaven. I, it doesn't say there was silence all over. The silence was in heaven. What was happening here, folks? If we are singing unto the king and the king leaves the room, are we going to keep on singing? What was happening? The Lord himself shall descend. Who was the mighty angel? I say, who was the mighty angel? It was not William Branham. Hallelujah. He was greater than William Branham. He was greater than Moses. He was greater than all of them. Hallelujah. 1963, we saw the mighty angel coming down. And now the book that was once sealed, this time around it was not sealed, but it was open. Hallelujah. I said the book was no longer just closed, but it was open. And Brother Ben said, when John looked beyond the curtain of time and he looked into the book, he saw his name. And John began to rejoice. Hallelujah. And John touched the bride. When Brother Brennan broke the seals, the bride of Jesus Christ, they saw their names. Now the one that was worshipped in heaven has come down. There was silence in heaven, but there's no silence here. Upon the face of the earth, there is a noise. They're worshipping the Lamb. The deity is no longer in heaven, but the deity is in you. Hallelujah. But when he came down in 1963 on Sunset Mountain, there was another chief of protocol. His name was William Brenham to receive him. If the president comes to South Africa from my president comes here, there must be chief of protocol from the U.S. to receive him. And he doesn't come through the normal terminal. He comes through a private terminal. 
He can be in the airport. No one will know he's in the airport. Only the selected people will know. In the end time, the king of glory, he came down through a secret terminal. The denomination do not know it. Hallelujah. But the bride of Jesus Christ knows it. Come on, church. The one that we worship is here. I said the one that we worship is here. The mighty angel is here. Greater than Solomon is here. Greater than William Branham is here. Greater than Brother Madiva is here. Greater than all of them is here. Hallelujah. He deserves our worship. I say he deserves our worship. I say he deserves our worship. I say he deserves our worship. He's here. He can touch you and he can make you whole. He can change your situation. He can give you a healing. He can break the cycle in your life. He can set you free. He is here. Let me make an announcement one more time. He is here. I say he is here. Thank you for the message of the hour. Thank you for the revealed word of the hour. Thank you for the prophet in the end time. The prophet in the message, the bridge. 118. He says, what is this book of redemption? You know, Brother Branham has got a way of using different terminology interchangeably to describe it. He calls it the, the, the book of redemption. Then he calls it the abstract title deed. Then he calls it, in some cases, he calls it the Lamb's book of life. Then he takes it further. This way, I like it. He calls it a marriage certificate. This is your message, the invisible union of the bride. So we are not just married, but we can produce the marriage certificate. We are the only group that can produce a marriage certificate. And on that marriage certificate, the marriage certificate must have somebody that officiated the marriage to son of the marriage. William Branham says, this morning I was delayed to come out into the sanctuary because I had to officiate a marriage between a young man and a young woman. He says, may this be a sign. And later on, he says, I hope you don't mind. I no longer call you church. I call you the bride. It was a status change. In the message, the bridge. He says, what is the book of redemption? The title deed. Abstract title deed. You say abstract? What does an abstract mean? It means it search all the way back to its beginning. Like that little drop of ink in this morning, when it struck that bleach, it went all the way back. And when the sin has been confessed and fallen into the blood of Jesus Christ, oh, my, it gives an abstract. Dead link. Okay, I can just keep it on it. Thank you. 
It says, when sin has been confessed and fallen into the blood of Jesus Christ, oh my, it gives an abstract. Right straight back to the creator again. You become a son of God. Abstract title deed is held in the hands of the almighty God. But we've shown that it has been given back. Let me come to something here. In question and answers, paragraph 21, the prophet says now, this picture is the main thing. Then in the resurrection, those gases and acids and things come right back into the place and develop this picture again. Now, this picture was not taken when you were 16, 18, or 20 years old at your best. When was it taken? Before there was a foundation of the world, it was put in God's great fire. Folks, listen to this. Before there was the devil, before there were demons, before there was sin, God took a picture of you in a perfect state and he filed it in his great file. You want to check why he took your picture? And this is where the devil has got a problem with God. I will show you. The prophet says, carries on. He says, I don't care what they would do with you. They cannot destroy that profile. Amen. That picture in God's great gallery up there. Now, I, I want you to see, see something here. Before the foundation of the world, God took a picture of you in your perfect state. Then later on, you were born in sin, shaped in iniquity, came to the world speaking lies. But as you were living here and doing all sorts of things, there is many times where the devil is becomes an accuser of the brethren. He goes to God and says, look at him. Look at her. Look what he has done. Look what she has done. But when God looks, he doesn't look at you in your fallen state. He goes back on that great fire. He looks at you in your perfect state. And he looks at the devil and says, but there is nothing wrong. The devil said, no, hang on. Look at what she has done. Look how filthy she is. Look how dirty she is. And God says, but I'm looking. She's thin. I'm looking. She's sinless. So now, they, they, it creates a confusion between God and the devil. And the devil says, he accuses God of favoritism. And say you are just blind when it comes to him or her. But it's because God is not looking at the same thing that the devil is looking at. Folks, this morning, I don't care where you come from. I don't care what you have done. I don't care what things happened in your family. This morning, I'm standing here behind the holy desk. And I'm opening God's great fire. And I want you to see yourself. Before the foundation of the world. Before there was a devil. Before there were demons. In your perfect state. And you will rejoice. I say, you will rejoice. You know, I don't know how it happens in the U.S., but in S.A., if I lose my identity document and somebody takes it and goes into the shops and opens accounts in my name, credit cards, all I've got to do, I've got to go to the police station and get what we call an affidavit just to tell them that on such and such a day, I lost my identity document. Now, Anyone that would call me and say, look, you owe a credit card because you took a credit card. I can go to them and produce an affidavit. 
And I say, it was done in my name. It is my picture. Everything is mine, but it wasn't me. It is a case of mistaken identity. My goodness. The devil said to you, you are an adulterer, you are a fornicator, you are this and that, but this money, I've got an affidavit. It was not me, it was the devil. He took my identity and he did things in my name, but it was not me. Come on, church, are you here? You can tell the devil, it wasn't me. It was my name. It had everything to do with me, but it was not me. And you can tell the devil, I'm not only forgiven, but I'm justified. I have never done it in the first place. Oh, this makes me feel good. In the midst of the invisible union of the bride, the prophet said, but the way to justify it is though you never done it. If you forgive me because I'm guilty, that means, yes, I did it. You forgive me. I'm guilty, but you have forgiven me. But justified, it says, I never did it. Church, are you here? All the things that have happened in your life, you can stand bold and tell the devil, it wasn't me. I'm justified. I'm perfect. I know the devil is going to jump on your shoulder. And as we are rejoicing, some of you, he jumps onto your shoulder and say, not you. Tell the devil, I'm the right one to glorify God. I'm the right one to praise God. <laughs> You know, I always, Brother Samuel, give this illustration, especially among the siblings. Where you find maybe if you have got a brother, maybe you steal something from your mother's purse, and your brother sees you. He says, I saw you, but I will not tell mom and dad. But you owe me. And every evening when there is a stack of dishes, and it's your turn to wash the dishes, you look at the brother and just point with the head. And say, you will wash them for me because you owe me. And now we start washing the dishes every day. Until mom says, but hang on. I know you don't like the dishes. What's going on? Hallelujah. Until you, because you feel guilty, you say, hey, I've taken liking to washing the dishes. But one day, when mom is not around, then when, when your brother is not around, that is blackmailing you. Then you go to mom and say, mom. You know, there was a day where I was tempted. And I took money from your purse. I was overtaken by the enemy. And mom says, my son, I forgive you. Don't do it again. Then in the evening, your brother comes again. He doesn't know what happened. And now there is a stack of dishes. And he looks at you, he points at you. And he says, it's your turn. And you shake your head. And it says it's your turn. You shake your head. Why? Because you are forgiven. Are you hearing me? Now, you, there was a time where the devil said, you can never praise God. You can never give a special. You can never talk about the message. It's time you approach God and say, as your son and as your daughter, I did this and that. And God takes your sin and he throws it into the sea of forgetfulness. Even God himself will never remember your sin. Then you come to the house of the Lord. You raise your hands. 
And the devil whispered and said, not to you. You know you say, devil, get by the wayside. And you start worshiping God. This morning, I wish everybody can be loosened from the grip of Satan. Everybody can be loosened from a guilty trip. Oh, cancel that guilty trip and worship God. I am redeemed. If they ask you my name, tell them, I am redeemed. I am redeemed. I am redeemed. I am restored. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Every sin has been taken away and thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. God can never remember your sins. God can never remember your iniquity. It's done and fasted. Brahman says it's not even in the memory of God. Gone. Forgiven. Justified. Redeemed. Restored. Worshipper. That's what I'm talking about you here. Let's take something here. Now, if you bring this other slide, Sister Amanda, I appreciate you behind there. You are such of such great assistance. You know, yesterday we had a good message. God's song. Yeah? Now, Elohim, Brother Branham tells you, he says there was a time when God wasn't God. Folks, such statements, you would never hear them from anywhere. There's a message language. He says the word God, it means an object of worship. And if there was no one to worship him, he was Elohim, the self-existing one. When we say something is self-existing, this pulpit is not self-existing. Before it was this pulpit, it was a trunk of a tree. And... Before it was a trunk, it was a tree. Before it was a tree, it was a seed. Before it was a seed, it was a thought. It was the word. Before it was the word, it was a thought in the mind of God. So it's not self-existing. Self-existing means there wasn't anything before God. Now, he was, he was this great fountain of life. And Brother Branham says, out of that great fountain came out a halo. And it says the Bible readers call it the Logos. And it came out of him. And Brother Brenham says, he says it was like a son playing before the father. But check it out here. It does not mean it was the second God. It was the same God that was invisible, bringing himself into the visible form. Now, there is a scripture in the Bible where the Bible says, I think it was David, the Lord said unto my Lord, now, people take that scripture and say, now we've got two gods. But they miss something. Brother Tim there is a teacher. When he's in a class, maybe he's got 10 students. And one of the students is his son. And maybe the headmaster says, Tim, write it to all the students in your class. He's got to write it to all of them. But there's a letter that he's going to say, dear Mr. Endit, on such and such a day, we've got a parents' meeting. 
And on the bottom is going to sign off from Mr. Andes. But when you get to the letter and you don't know him, you're going to think two Mr. Andes were talking. But when you know him, you know that it was the teacher speaking to a parent. But the teacher and the parent is the same person in different offices. Are you getting it there, folks? I wish I can just take it further right there. You know, Jesus says, unless I go, the comforter will not come. And I always say, why couldn't you have the comforter and Jesus at the same time? Now, if we've got kids that come and play on stage here, and maybe one kid is a very good actor, we might bring that kid to act a certain role. But he cannot act two roles at the same time on stage. That means he will come, maybe act a role of a teacher, then he has to go, he has got to go backstage and change the costume and come in a different costume and from there he will act maybe as a pastor. But the people that don't know the boy in the audience, they will say the two boys hey, are good actors. But those that know the boy, they know it's the same boy that acted on stage and went backstage, changed the costume, came in a different costume, but it's the same person. Unless I go, the comforter will not come. The same comforter is the same Jesus. But he had to go backstage to change a form. My goodness. We thank God for this message. We thank God for this prophet. Now, in the mind of God, you were there as a thought. I like how Brother Samuel put it. It was not an opinion. And a thought of God is a living being. That's why the thoughts of God rejoice when the lamp was laid before the foundation of the world. But that thought had to be expressed. Now, when he was Elohim, and he emmoffed himself, and canoed himself, and became the Logos. Now, I want to give an example with a Samaritan woman. She was a woman of a filthy background. God has got a, a way of picking up people from broken backgrounds. People that are downtrodden. They reject. And he redeems them to show his grace. Now, this woman here, she was a prostitute. No one did not want her any closer. But this is based on what people could see with the naked eye. But below the surface, she was not a prostitute. The real genesis of who she was, she was a thought of God. Hallelujah. And that thought of God behead a theophany, a wet body. And later she was expressed in the body of flesh. And when she was here, she had amnesia. And after she had amnesia, I like how the Bible speaks. It says Jesus had to go by the way of Samaria. Why did he have to go by Samaria? There was a pool in Samaria. There was something flicking in Samaria. There was a gene of God in Samaria. It looked like a prostitute. It lived like a prostitute. But she was not a prostitute. Oh, there was a time, brother, you were a sinner. But God had to come your way. Brother John, I want to say God came by Bellingham today to find the predestinated sin. They may be drunkards, but they shall be found. They may be prostitutes, but they shall be found. 
why Christ speak, I want to follow up on the Samaritan woman. Brother says Moses was born in this world a gifted boy. He was born to be a prophet, a deliverer. He was born with the equipment born in him. As every man that comes into this world is born with equipment, as I firmly believe in the foreknowledge of God and the predestination. So you were not just born, but you were born with an equipment. Now, I want to trace that equipment. You know, when you've got a car tracker, maybe a car tracking company, they've got to come and install a device in your car. And once your car gets lost, you are able to phone a tracking company and say, I've lost my car. Then they will punch on the computer and then a, a screen will come up. It will show where your car is. Why? Because your car has got an equipment. They can't look for it if it does not have an equipment. Are you still with me? Now, you've got equipment. It was not installed by a church. It was not installed by a pastor. It was not installed by a group. It was installed by the almighty God. Before the foundation of the world. Now you have come to the house of the Lord. And we open the computer of the way. And there are some lights are flickering there. She's there. She must come in. He's there. He must come in. She's there. He must come in. It doesn't matter where they are. They were born with an equipment. I thank God that I'm a believer of the message. But above everything, I thank God there was something in me to believe the message. I thank God that there was an equipment. How many people walked into a message church and walked out and said, that's good, but they never did anything? It's because they don't have an equipment. But there are people like Brother Bill. They came in and the word was preached and equipment was activated. And he realized, I'm a son of God before the foundation of the world and he was able to be restored. If you are a sinner this morning, never go back to your sins. May the equipment within you be activated. Everyone that is within the sound of my voice, hear this man from Africa, don't go back to your sins. Tell the devil I'm done. Young people, you don't even have to, you, need to, you don't need to beat him farewell. Right on your seat, you can say, I'm hearing a jubilee. Yeah. And I'm done with the table. Yeah. And you can drop whatever you were doing for the table and raise your hands and say, I am free. I'm blowing a, a jubilee trumpet here. I am free. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care about your mental battle. You can't scream. I am free. Oh, the devil must hear us saying that. I am free. It doesn't matter about your family background. Let the devil hear you scream at the top of your voice. I am free. It doesn't matter what he counts against you. Let him hear you say it. I am free. I say you are free. Oh my. Where did this message find you? Folks, sometimes when we come into the message, we forget where we come from. 
and we develop a sense of self-righteousness. We become so judgmental. But let me remind you where the message found you. You were unworthy. You were dirty. You were filthy. You were rejected. But God handpicked you and said, that's my man. That's my woman. And he brought you in. You had much better rejoice and encourage others. Prophet carries on with a Samaritan woman. You know that even the disciples had a problem that he was speaking to the Samaritan woman. They say, he's going to bring a ministry to a reproach. Because he is this with this ill-famed woman. But I like it, the Bible says, before he could speak to the Samaritan woman, he sent them away. Why? Because God cannot deal with the Jews and the Gentiles at the same time. He had to send the Jews away to deal with the Gentile bride. The picture home. The prophet says, but this little woman had nothing to present. She was as filthy and dirty as she could be. But notice, way down in her, she's got a representation. She, the, listen to what the prophet said. She was looking for this to be made flesh. What was she? She was looking for Elohim to become flesh. You know, sometimes you would have your cell phone. And maybe there are certain places where you would battle to find a signal. Cell phone is there, but it does not have a signal. Because why? You are not within the range of the tower. Are you getting what I mean? It can be a sophisticated latest model, but as long as it's not within the range of the tower, it is useless. But in no time you move and grow and come within the vicinity of the tower. And now the bars begin to, ri to keep on rising. And the latest says, connected. There was a time you were not within the range of the tower. Hallelujah. You couldn't access the heavenly network. But you had to come within the range of the tower. What was the tower Malachi 4? And when you came within the range of Malachi 4, then it connected you back to heaven. And now, oh my goodness, this makes me feel good. Young people, you're going to enjoy this. Today, whatever, if you've got a gadget and you lose everything, you have not lost it because we store things on cloud. And when you have lost a gadget, now you get another one, then you download from the cloud. And in the end time, God sent the cloud. And the bride of Jesus Christ is connected and she's downloading from the cloud. Christ is the mystery of God revealed, downloaded from the cloud. Greater than Solomon, downloaded from the cloud. Who is this Melchizedek? Downloaded from the cloud. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, downloaded from the cloud. They can burn down voice of God recordings, but they will never destroy the message because the message is on the cloud. And we are connected to the cloud. Shouldn't we be starting the meeting 
Oh my goodness, it's good. All right. <laughs> All right. The, the calling of Abraham. I want you to share how this equipment works. Brother Brennan is with a woman on the platform. He said, Sister, your baby is very sick. They really don't know what's the matter with it. Because he's got a trouble in its neck. It's a gland trouble. Swelling. That is right. You were to take the, you was to take that baby to the doctor. The hospital. It was about yesterday, but you're holding off. That's a very good faith for a sinner. Now listen. You used to be a Catholic, wasn't you? And you created the Catholic Church. That's right. Then you started going back to a Pentecostal church. But you didn't join it. You haven't been back there to that church for about a year. You don't know what to do. This has come upon your baby that you might serve the Lord. Now go and be born again of his spirit. I will bless the baby. That means this woman, when she went to the Catholic, the equipment in her was registering. When she went to the Pentecostal, it was registering. God knew where she was. God knew exactly who she has been with. And God knew where she was, she was being led to. Too. Even you, God knows where you come from. God knows what you have been through. God knows your ups and downs. But the beauty about it, in you there is an equipment. And now it has been activated. My, once it is activated, you never leave the presence of God. You always want to be in the presence of God. And worship him. Let's read to this. The prophet says to the unconditional covenant that God made with his people. Paragraph 182. He says, listen. You are the covenant people of God. God tore Christ apart at Calvary. Making the covenant. Swearing by himself. And he took that body up into heaven, which will return someday. But the Spirit, he gave it back to lead to the church. The same life that was in Jesus Christ is in the church tonight by the Holy Ghost. Doing and acting and performing the same things he did when he was here on earth. And the prophet said, you have received it. You've got the covenant. It's written to you so by God. You can't fail. Are you, are you hearing what the prophet said? You can't fail. He said that makes the devil mad. Sure does. When you realize who you are. You know there was somewhere we were going and when we get to the place there was a, a, no, tra a no entry sign. And we waited there because we were wondering we can't go in because there is this signage. But all of a sudden there was a young boy that came from nowhere. And he just went there, opened the gate, and drove in. And we were wondering, what's going on with this fellow? Because this is a no, no entry sign. No entry sign. Then somebody said, 
He is the son of the owner of the property. We, 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 we are not related to the owner, then the sign applies to us. But because him is the son of the owner. And this morning I'm addressing sons and daughters of the owner. If the devil puts no entry to healing, you march on. If the devil puts no entry to deliverance, you march on. If he puts no entry to your joy, you march on. Why? Because you are a son and a daughter of God. Carries on in the midst of the deity of Jesus Christ. And this one, I had much better say this to this church. You are the covenant people. You won't fail. I say, you won't fail. Things will work out. I don't know how, but they will work out. Why? Because you are the covenant people. And it is unconditional covenant. May this church go forward. May this church be blessed. May this church find the lost souls. May it move forward. May it never be hindered by Satan. The deity of Jesus Christ. It says that same power. That same Christ. Hallelujah. Let the fundamentalists, let the people who deny the power of God say it's wrong. But that same power that spoke the world into existence. It's in those people that's got to the Holy Ghost. And where are those people? Here are those people. He says, that's right. Men and women, it's time we found out who you are. When you don't know who you are, the devil is going to take advantage of you. The devil is trying to hide you back and tell you that you're some little cow down something. You are not. You are sons and daughters of God. The deity is not in heaven. It's in you. Oh, folks. Moses comes by the well, by the Red Sea. He's busy there. He's got a problem because Pharaoh's army was coming after him. And now here is a problem before him. And Pharaoh is coming after him. And Moses panicked and forgot his commission. He cried. And God came down and said, Moses, why cry? Speak the word and move forward. Look what happened here, Brother Steve. The problem that was before him swallowed the problem behind him. I don't care what you're going through. Keep on going forward. Problems will swallow one another, but you will never be affected because you are a covenant person and you will never fail. I know some of you, you say, well, hang on, you don't know what's happening at my workplace. They hate me. Maybe they're about to, to lay me off. It does not matter. I'm here to remind you, you are a covenant person. You know, when Job came to a place where he felt pity and wanted a pity party, God did not join in. He said, Job, stand up and speak like a man. Where were you when I laid to the foundation? Where were you when the man started sung and the sons of God shouted for Job? But today, Job did not have an answer. But today, I have an answer. And I can say, I was there. Let me say the bridge. 
paragraph 41. When the seals are broke, the mystery is revealed. Down comes the angel, the messenger, Christ, setting his foot upon the land and upon the sea with a rainbow over his head. Now remember, now remember, this seven angel is on the earth at the time of this coming. Now, I want you to check because it is during spiritual transition where we lose people and there is confusion. William Branham was here and he has left the scene. But we are not looking for a man from Germany. We are not looking for a man from Africa. The mighty angel has come down. And William Branham would have never left the scene until the mighty angel is here. Are you getting what I mean here? This is the secret coming of the Lord. It's not a public show. It's mysterious. It's for the bride. Remember Brother Brenham, when he comes, when he preaches Christ, the mystery of God revealed, he says, the bride is pregnant. A husband, a wife can never be pregnant in the absence of the husband. That means the husband must be present. Now, remember, this seven angel, Malachi 4, is on the earth at the time of this coming. Yeah. Folks, I know in some message churches, they are beginning to shy away from the cloud. But I'm here to tell you, I don't shy away from the cloud. I know what happened on Sunset Mountain. And I believe the prophet messenger based on what happened on Sunset Mountain. And the predestinated city will believe that. But the people that join the message are going to leave. But the seed will never leave. Brother Bram said, it's our Lord Jesus Christ up there. Do you see his eyes? Do you see his beard? It's just the head. Where is the body? Here is the body. The headship was being coming down and being restored to the body. And the headship is here. Brother Bram says, those seven angels, they lowered themselves to bring a message to the bride. When Brother Bram came towards the east, he says, I had to go westward to connect with the angels' message. And thereafter, he had to come back to east. And he says, I had to, if my message is standing in the gap, I had to come and reveal the seal for the lamb. But the Bible says no one was with him. But the lamb took the body of William Brenham and began to break the seal. And people, as Brother Brenham was breaking the seal, they saw their name. <laughs> Folks, you know, there is a, there is a Brother Brenham speaks about the boy that was on the countryside. This boy had never seen a mirror before. And he moved from the countryside and visited his auntie in the city. When he got there, he was in the auntie's house. And Brother Bram says, there's somewhere where he was uh, really climbing the stairs. And as he was climbing, then he came across the mirror. He went past the mirror, and he said, hang on. Hey, this fellow looks familiar. Then he stood in front of the mirror. 
And the devil jumped onto his shoulder and said, that's not you. This is way too handsome. It cannot be you. Then the boy looked at the image and he raised his leg. And the image raised the leg. And he raised another leg. The image raised the leg. He raised the head. The image raised the head. He raised another head. The image raised the head. He screamed at the top of his voice, Mommy, that's me. Oh, brother, there was a time I came into the message church. I did not know better. But when I came, the mirror of the word was put in front of me. And when the mirror stood in front of me, I said, this man is too perfect. It can never be me. But oh boy, I begin to raise my hand. My theophany raised the hand. I raised my leg. My theophany raised the leg. I screamed at my top of my voice. I said, mommy, that's me. And this afternoon I want to say, that's me. And that's you. There's a brother that told us, I think it was Brother Steve, that he was looking for a Mazda. And for some reason, the day he started looking for Mazda, and whenever he drove on the highway, he only saw the Mazdas. Are you getting what I mean? Once you get to the point where you see yourself in the mirror of the word, you don't want to go anywhere. You just want to keep on looking up and say, that's me. Look how beautiful I am. Look how perfect I am. Look how sinful I am. Look how, how happy I am. The message is a bridge. 297. But I'm not saying, what a jubilee going on in heaven when that lamb leaves and leaves the intercessory box to come here to possess his claims. You know that God next to John, he must have seen his name wrote there. When the seals were broke, he must have got really happy. <laughs> Folks, don't be carnal. When we speak about the book, we're not referring to a booklet like this. The book is the Lord himself. And the name of John is not a letters. He is so, his theophany. That's why Paul says, I know a man in Christ, whether in the body or out of the body, but such a man I know. What happened? Paul met another Paul. Paul the terrestrial met Paul the celestial. Even you, you must come to a spot where you meet your divine part. Once that happens, the devil will never move you. What a jubilee going on in heaven. When that lamb leaves, leaves that intercessory box to come and possess his name. You know that God next to John, he must have seen his name wrote there. When them seals broke. He must really gotten really happy. Now John typed up. The seals have been opened. We are seeing our names in the book of God, in the Lamb's book of life. And our names can never be blotted out. Now what is going to happen? We are not going to keep quiet. Everything that is in heaven, 
and everything that is on the earth, and everything under the earth, had I, John, saying, worthy is the Lamb. And this afternoon we will say, worthy is the Lamb. Brother, we will say, after the opening of the seal, it's time to worship. He says, after the seven church ages, it's time to worship. Who are we worshiping? The Lamb is here. The mighty angel is here. Greater than William Branham is here. Greater than Moses is here. He, the one, our husband is here. It's time to worship. I say it's time to worship. Forget about your trouble. It's time to worship. And say, God, you chose me. You bypassed a lot of people and came my way. Here I am. It is by grace that I'm in the message. I don't take it for granted, Lord. Brother Solomon, as you come, what is Brother John? God bless you. Till we meet again.